This is a Federal News Network podcast. Michael Horowitz, the chairman of the Pandemic Relief Accountability Committee and inspector general of the Justice Department, is still with me. Also joining me to discuss what the IG community thinks are the top challenges for the federal government in the next year, the National Science Foundation inspector general and chair of the Council of Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency, or SIGI, Allison Lerner. Ms. Lerner, good to have you join us. Nice to be here, Tom. All right. So the SIGI, and you are now the chair of the SIGI, right? I am. Yes, indeed. Since January 1st. So that means Mr. Horowitz is down by a hat and maybe can have a Sunday or two off. We're hoping. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to talk first about you're sort of stealing the thunder of the GAO here with this latest report on the top challenges, performance challenges facing multiple federal agencies. Uh, Tell us about the background of this report and how often this is compiled. Sure. Well, and this report was inspired by the wonderful work that GAO has done in this space. And uh, two years ago, uh, going into the beginning of the opening of Congress in 2018, you know, as we were heading up to that point, Michael and I realized that our community had value to add in that, that conversation. And so we did the first of these reports and released it in January, of uh, February, I think of 2018. And so we are following up on that now. And our goal is, you know, to keep doing this every two years, to start out every four years with a new administration, every two years with a new Congress and share what our community is seeing as the major challenges facing the federal government. And I want to bear in for a moment on financial management, because in recent years, most of the agencies, I think everyone except the Defense Department, has gotten what they call a clean financial audit, which was years in making, something required, I think, under the CFO Act 30 years ago Mm -hmm. or so. And so there seems to have been some substantial progress there that culminated a couple of years ago. What are the chief concerns left in financial management? Certainly, you know, there's some issues that are evergreen there. Um, Always there's a a concern about the quality of the systems that are being used to oversee financial management and making sure that they are up to the task in the 21st century. And I know that's a challenge that many agencies are still facing as they try to modernize. And certainly this year, uh, another challenge with financial management is when you have large influxes of cash, as has happened under the CARES Act, that uh, agencies are having to grapple with on top of their regular funding. And ensuring that that those funds are managed well is vital. Yes, because the improper payment threat never seems to really go away, does it? Well, you can make progress. As Department of Transportation noted this year, its agency had just gotten uh, their improper payment rate down to below 1%. But they're quite concerned that with all of the additional funding coming through now, that that, that, that they're not going to be able to sustain that and they'll be back at higher rates. And Michael, one of the areas here also overlaps with your PRAC work, and that is the challenge uh, Homeland Security disaster preparedness and COVID-19. I guess that's kind of a slow rolling disaster, not like a hurricane, but a new form of disaster in this century. Exactly right. And uh, that's one of the points we've been making as we've been looking at these issues, which is, um, yes, the pandemic response effort is extraordinary, it's been a one, one in a hundred year event, but we've seen um, big events, not quite as big with the hurricanes, with the fires, with floods, with earthquakes. It demonstrates the importance of being ready for these events. What we've seen over and over again in the pandemic space is areas such as GAO has identified in the past where they've made recommendations that had they been implemented, 
could have been beneficial in this pandemic, even though those recommendations weren't specifically made with a pandemic in mind. All right. And let's talk about grant management, because that's an, another area. There's Most of the emphasis seems to be on contract management over the years and decades. And of course, I think grant spending is larger than contract spending, if I'm if I'm correct on that, across the federal government. And so what's new here? What are the challenges in grant management besides making sure they're spent correctly? There are always concerns about ensuring that the money is going to the right people and that it's being used for the, for the appropriate purposes. And, and those challenges exist in a normal environment and they're exacerbated in situations like we have right now when um, on top of normal grant programs, you have the need to get money out very quickly in response to a disaster like this. The world we're in now has taken this challenge, and you're correct. I mean, in a normal year, grant grants expenditures either equal or exceed contract expenditures. This year, they were close to a trillion dollars. Yes, that's right. The pandemic overlaps here, too, because Mm -hmm. besides all of the direct spending to citizens and businesses, there were huge amounts that went to research organizations, medical organizations, companies to develop everything from the vaccines themselves to all of this other research and so on. Is that an agency-by-agency IG concern next, or is it a PRAC concern next, or both, Michael? It's both. Each of the IGs are looking at their own agency issues, and from a broader perspective, the PRAC is looking at it overarching issues there, and you're exactly right, and it also cross-cuts another issue we've identified at the PRAC as a top challenge, which is what we talked about earlier, data management and data access and data information, because what we've found is The data is being collected on the initial grant, but those grants that go to state and local governments are then being subgranted out to the actual providers. You need to collect that information down to that level to understand whether the grant went to the right place and, again, what the impact was. We're speaking with Michael Horowitz. He is chairman of the Pandemic Relief Accountability Committee and IG at the Justice Department, and with Allison Lerner. She is the IG at the National Science Foundation and chair of the Council of Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency. And I want to get to one other pandemic kind of highlight, which had its manifestation a couple of ways, if you include the Capitol riot as one of them, and that is the continuity of government. And continuity of operations has been a concern for a long time. But it seems like we've learned a lot about continuity of government and what's possible because of how quickly the pandemic forced a new mode of working on federal agencies. What what do you see as the learnings there and how does the federal government move forward in terms of how it thinks about itself in COOP situations? Just as our day-to-day operations are going to change significantly in the post-pandemic world because of everything we've learned through this remote work environment, I think our COOP planning is going to change as well and and, and build on some of the, the, the things that we've learned in this great experiment in remote work that we've had over the past year plus as we look to the future. We've seen impacts on the the plans that had been made that were undermined by the pandemic coming. And so I think that just as we will be rethinking how we manage our day-to-day operations, we'll be rethinking our continuity plans. Because there's another question in here with respect to the challenges of multiple agencies that it's not specifically in your report, but it kind of lives in the spaces between all of the other topics. And that is the gigantic expenditure on federal real estate. 
Again, mm-hmm. administration after administration has tried to get after that. But it seems like now we have data and experience that could radically potentially change how the government thinks about real estate and the billions it spends there, too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting when you look at the first report that we did, we had a challenge instead of the challenge that we have in this report on disaster preparedness and COVID-19, we had a challenge on facilities management, which kind of fell out in this year's report. I have no doubt when we do this again in two years, there's going to be a much greater emphasis on the challenge relating to facilities for precisely the reason that you know, Tom. And finally, do you folks have a single area of concern that you're personally most concerned about? The top of the mind issue that I'm encountering across in my office and across the community is what's, what is our work going to look like when we come back? And, and that affects the agency's ability to accomplish its mission. You know, how is that going to change? But how are our day-to-day operations going to have to be altered in all of this? And and so that's, that's an area that we're focused on with great intensity on. And Michael? Well, I would say for the agencies, given the multiple crises we're facing, is the delivery of services. Getting Mm -hmm. the services to the people that need those, that help, whether it's on the healthcare side, the economic side, or other programs. I think for us as IGs, I think the biggest issue for us is to ensure that we are able to do our jobs, that we can um, continue to have accountability in government, and transparency in government. I think that's a huge challenge and something we need to accomplish. And I said that was the last question, but I didn't want to go without asking you about your legislative priorities also for the next session of Congress. They've got a lot on their mind these few weeks, but eventually it might settle down to what constitutes normal in this type, this day and age. But what are the top legislative priorities for IGs and for SIGI? Well, a lot of the, the, the top priorities are fo- focused exactly on what Michael, the point Michael made right there, uh, changes that are necessary and actions that we think will help ensure the continued ability of our community to do its nonpartisan, independent work. So um, based on events of the past you know, couple of years, there are changes that we'd like to see to ensure that you know, if an IG leaves, the person who serves as an acting IG is independent in both mind and appearance and either comes from the office, that specific OIG, or comes from the IG community and you don't have political people put into that role who might not pass that appearance test. And there are other changes that we're seeking just to to firm up that some of the norms that have guided our community and protected it over the years. Yes, and you're looking for some specifics too, like testimonial Mm -hmm. subpoena authority, and prohibiting the use of appropriated funds to deny IG access. That seems like a uh, small detail, but a kind of an important issue. Very significant. And, and you know, we, we have seen the benefit of the language that has prevented people from using appropriated funds to deny access. Unfortunately, it's not uniform across government. And what we're trying to do is ensure that every OIG has that protection available to it. Allison Lerner is Inspector General of the National Science Foundation and Chair of the Council of Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. And Michael Horowitz is the chairman of the Pandemic Relief Accountability Committee and IG of the Justice Department. Thank you. Great to be here again, Tom. Thank you. We'll post both these interviews at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, 
it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.